Most people settle because they don't know how to maximize the potential that God has given them. Welcome to the Thrive College Podcast, where we help young leaders navigate the challenges and opportunities of their future and faith. Each episode, we'll be giving the mic to young leaders to ask tough questions to some of the world's most influential voices. We're excited you're here with us today. Let's dive in. College Podcast. I'm Nina Davidson, and today in the studio we have, of course, the amazing Lissette. She's been on the podcast a few times. Lissette, remind us of where you interned at Bayside. Yes, I interned with small groups at uh, the Granite Bay campus. Yeah, and a random fact about you, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Super into breakfast. I had orange, yes, and a breakfast burrito. (laughs) Oh, okay, I was going to be sad You have to remember the orange, because that's like the healthy part, you know, and then the breakfast burrito is just like... There were eggs, that's a decent start. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. Some bacon in there. Also in the studio, we have the youth ministry legend, Doug Fields. Give it up for him. Yeah. Yeah, you gave it up for yourself. That's okay. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? I had a protein shake. Nice. Very healthy. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, well, the older you get, the more you lose muscle. So <laughs> you don't need to learn this for many years, but that's what I've been told. You got to eat a lot of protein. And so I didn't have time to eat it this morning because I jumped on a plane early. So I drank it. I love it. Yeah. Go. So, and bit. Diet Coke. And <laughs> <laughs> you, have protein you are so healthy. There is. There it is. I want to be honest. <laughs> you heard it here. You can, you can have unhealthy if you go yeah. for the and that's some people's coffee, though, these days. Like, that's they it. do a yeah. Coke instead of I, I didn't drink coffee until last. I'm 60 years old. I started drinking coffee at 60. Because you retired, or no? Because all my kids, my kids are grown, and it's yeah. like everybody meets at the coffee shop, yep. and I'm like driving through like McDonald's to get a diet coke to go to. So I said, I'm gonna suck it up and learn how to like coffee. Do you like it? Now? No, but no, I drink you're it. still on the diet. Coke. Yeah, I drink it. Oh, and actually, at the airport today, I showed up with my Starbucks app because my wife oh, nice. has yeah. given me money on my Starbucks app, and I go up there to use it. And I was at a place called the Tea Leaf, and they don't oh, take yes. my Starbucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. You're still learning about that. I am. Is what I'm, I'm hearing. If you're going up to a tea leaf stand, <laughs> yep. it's a Starbucks. Yep. yep, I thought it was Starbucks. Pink drink? Where's the pink drink? <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, a little bit more about your formal background. Yeah, there so, you go. Um, by the way, just a, my story, I was a youth pastor when I was so, so young. Like I 19 knew I years liked old. you. Yeah. And I read my first two years in youth ministry, which if you have not yet read that book and you are someone that's considering being a youth pastor, that's where you need to start. And I, there are so many pages that are literally earmarked and highlighted and underlined because I needed that material as I was just getting started. Yeah. So you have had an, an, a tremendous influence, not just over the people that you led as a youth pastor, but an entire network of youth pastors that have been encouraged and equipped to live out their calling. So tell us just a little bit what it's been like um, entering, being influenced by an incredible youth pastor. Yeah. And then having the ability to steward that influence and help encourage and equip youth pastors. What that's what's that been like over the last four years? Well, I think the steward part is mm-hmm. is new because I you never saw I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. So um, I got married young, and when I asked my now father-in-law um, if I could marry his daughter, he said, "Well, you're a youth pastor, and I know you don't make very much money. What are you going to do after?" you're done being a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an answer. Yeah. I was 20 years old and I, I didn't know. 
And I said, maybe I'll train youth pastors. But I, I became a Christian when I was a teenager. And so that I felt God's call in my life. I've never had a desire. I've worked at churches where they thought I was going to be the next senior pastor. And I've never had that desire ever. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I've done in youth ministry has been out of the trenches. I didn't even set out to, to write the books that I wrote. But people, yeah. I would speak at places and I would give things away that we were doing. They would ask yeah. and I would just give it away. And that kind of evolved into like, you should put that in a book and you should do this. And then my pastor encouraged me to do that. So the stewarding was breathed into me. And then I was just kind of faithful in that, in that calling and writing it down and that type of thing. Um, but I'm, I feel obviously now, you know, I'm, I'm 60. So I'm at the last chapter, last season of yeah. my leadership. And now um, I feel more, I feel more responsibility to pass it on. I yeah. think I've been learning. Even when I wrote books, I would say, the only difference between you and me is that, you, you know, if you stack my books up, really, if you turn them upside down, they were all the mistakes I made. <laughs> so you take a mistake and yes. you flip it upside down, there's a principle, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so, so that's really where the youth ministry library came from. And just people in my life that encouraged me to, you know, write things down and put things in print and help other people. And so I've always kind of had this, like, hold everything with a loose grip. Mm -hmm. Even at our youth ministry company, Download Youth Ministry, it's like we charge people it domestically so we can give stuff way around the world. Yeah. Like anybody that, that doesn't speak the English language, they get our stuff for free. Yeah. So. Again, if you're a youth pastor and you have not yet hit up downloadyouthministry.com, you are um, you are working way harder than you need to. <laughs> That's a good point. The truth is there are great youth pastors around the country who've done this for years and years and years, and all of them send their resources yeah. and it's just Amazing. a great place to be encouraged and if you're having a tough week and you just need some great ideas hit it up it's yeah. just you know so many great ideas die on a hard drive and yeah. even as you yep. described download youth ministry so eloquently yeah. i get a little chill inside thinking about the really hundreds and hundreds of youth workers around the world now that have submitted their stuff yes that other people i met a guy last week in atlanta um and his name is James Howard, and he says, I have a youth group of 35, mm -hmm. and my stuff is being used by hundreds of it's other incredible. churches. And he starts tearing up, and I'm like, I love that, because, you know, so just there are so many good, good people doing great things, mm -hmm. and their stuff needs to be shared with other people. I so, love that yeah. so much. So, in the Thrive College podcast, your first time on, hopefully many more times Okay, to come. come on. Here's the deal. We love to pass the mic to the rising generation of Christian yep. leaders, which in this case is Lisette, to ask <laughs> their questions. So, Lisette, uh, we've already had a little bit of fun getting to know yeah. Doug and his passion, but what questions do you have for Doug? Bring I, it on. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so He's cool. He's got his Diet Coke. He's a <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's it's super cool to hear that, that I feel like you pastors have um, a lot of resources and help and they themselves are getting passionate and excited about the ministry and the work that they're doing. Um, I find though at oftentimes it's hard to spread that same uh, passion and desire for the ministry onto the leaders who are then leading and helping because you know as you know you need a whole team that has the same shared vision yep. to help it thrive in the ministry help the ministry thrive and so for you've been having experienced <laughs> so much, uh, what would you say is, is the best way of uh, getting the leaders to care as much as you do for the ministry so that they yeah. can then spread it off and, yeah. and 
it can be different. Well, one, it's a great question. Two, I actually don't think leaders will ever care more than the primary leader, or they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I think the primary leader carries the weight of caring for the ministry. So if you're a young leader and you're listening to this, and you're like, why won't they care as much as me? They probably won't mm -hmm. ever. Like if you're called to be the leader of that ministry, I mean, I want them to care as close as they can, mm -hmm. but you know, the primary leader needs to think about that ministry 24 seven. Yeah. So um, I, I think you have to model it. So what I mean by that is um, I need to, as a youth pastor, I need to be pouring into my leaders in the same way that I want them pouring into their teenagers. Mm -hmm. So I need to, I kind of become, this is a little bit of a bait and switch, okay? So do you know what a bait and switch is? Uh, <laughs> I can kind of get okay. the term. So the term, the term comes from many years ago in the newspaper, okay? And I'll show that, you afterwards. I'll explain, I'll explain what the newspaper is. But you would see an ad for a car dealership, mm -hmm. and it would say, this new car is on sale for $12,000. And you'd be like, that's a good deal. And you'd go there, but the car's not there. But we've got this other car that's available for 15000 So it's kind of the use this as a bait and switch. So here's, here's the bait and switch. I went into youth ministry. The bait was, Doug, your life was changed as a teenager. And so you're going to go there and change teenagers' lives. And when I got into it, I realized, oh, I don't really... It's my volunteers who have the greatest impact. They're the frontline leaders. So the bait and switch for me was... I went in thinking I was going to have this youth group and I was going to have such an impact on the kids, the students. And what I realized as I matured, my greatest impact is really on my leaders. And so my leaders are my youth group. So I'm trying to model to them what I want them to do with students. So that passion is really more caught than taught. It doesn't mean we don't teach and we teach on, you know, discovering your giftedness and how to be relational and how to lead good conversations and how to care for kids in crisis and that type of thing. We'll teach on that, but the caring part is I'm trying to model that mm. as as a as the leader to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's really good. That's so, so helpful. Yeah, I was also thinking we were talking about how there's a lot less people it seems now who are interested in going into youth ministry. And I think that's in part maybe what I hear some people say is. And I don't want to um, just hang out with teenagers all my life. There's someone that does, right? That's the impact that they want to make. Then there are other people who say, like, I have, I've grown a little bit older. I feel like I can communicate well to an older crowd. Yeah. I think that gives a vision for both. There's yeah. someone who's going to relate really, really well to the youth. And then there's someone who maybe that's not their lane, but everyone can minister to a group of leaders. Yeah. So I think no, that really just good. opens up youth ministry, yeah. hopefully, as a possibility to more people. When I was in my early 20s, I think that I probably, if I went into a restaurant, let's play this scenario mm -hmm. out, go into a restaurant and there's a booth filled with teenagers and there's another booth filled with volunteers and there's another booth filled with parents. Uh -huh. I think in my 20s, I want to sit at the booth with teenagers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now I want to go to that booth first because mm -hmm. I want to make sure that they feel loved and I'll steal their fry and <laughs> then I'll go over to the parents and make sure that the parents pay for the kids in the booth. Mm -hmm. But like where I want to sit 
and like enjoy my meal and really have good conversations is yeah. with the adult volunteers. Yeah. And so I, I think some of it, the seasonality of it changes, but I really encourage young youth workers like you, like you're young, I would say you still want to go in, even though maybe you're more drawn to the students. Yeah. I would say if you're the lead youth worker at a church, your primary job is to those the building that team. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. That's Thank really you. great. Yeah, that's great. As a follow-up to that, and I know you have another no, question set. Yeah. What, do, what do you say to the 20-year-old who is the head youth pastor mm. that says, like, I have a really hard time having a conversation and really trying to influence someone who's a good bit older than me? Yeah. Cast vision for them that you can do that, and, and they're not, not wanting you to do that. Yeah, totally. The... People want to be led. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Paul made it very clear to young Timothy, let no one despise your youth. Yeah. Not just despise youth, but set an example, right? In yeah. speech and love and conduct and purity. And so I think every youth worker has faced just what you said, that tension of like, these people are old <laughs> and how do I lead them? Well, you lead them because you're a leader. Yes. You know, so you, you care for them, you set direction, you may not have the experience they have, maybe you aren't a parent and you don't have some of their, their cultural connections and things that the, the older people have, but they can still be led. Now, if they are adults that can't follow, then you have a different issue, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you get, before you're a good leader, you gotta be a good follower. And so, you know, let's say you were my leader and you, you're young and I'm old, but I've been a leader, I can follow your lead, mm. right? And I just gotta know, I gotta know that you care about me, you're respecting my time, mm. that you know, you're not just flying by the seat. You know, young leaders have to understand that you know, some of the older people in your world, you know, they're, they're used to like, okay, I got things, I got kids, they got sports, I like respect my time. Mm. So don't show up 20 minutes late to a meeting that you called you know, that type of thing. So I think that's some of the tension of leading up yeah. is understanding, like, you got to have some some of your act together, but it's not like older people, like, I can't follow you because you're young. No, if you're a leader, lead. Yeah. You know, that's and right. even, I mean, I'm older than the pastor that I work for mm. right now, but I still lead up. Yeah. So I still, you know, I think I need to, he doesn't know about our youth ministry all the time, so I need to lead up making sure he's aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, so as you're leading, no matter how old you are, you're always leading up. I do have a question. I guess it's kind of similar. Um, I, I keep thinking like of setting a culture. Like, you know, you said passion is not something that can really be taught. So you have to like set that culture by just being the culture, I guess, in a sense. Um, so when it comes to maybe your culture in your ministry is already kind of toxic. It's not going so well. The leaders are maybe coming in late or the the group is not super, uh, not doing well. <laughs> yeah. How would you change that and make that shift without it being like super abrupt in a sense of like not being so strict or harsh on the leaders, but making it clear like, okay, this is the, the expectations and the, you know, kind of the culture that we want to set for all. Yeah, well, changing culture is it's easier, you know, we just kind of heard a message here at the Thrive Conference on yes. changing culture. And when you listen to the message, you're like, oh, that's a great point, that's a great point, that's a great point, and everything sounds really easy, but it's not easy, yeah. right? It takes a lot of time. So everything takes longer than you think it will take you. Mm -hmm. That change, the only, you know, the only person that likes change, Mark Twain said this, the only person that likes change is a wet baby. Like everybody <laughs> else hates change, right? Absolutely. And so, and so change takes, yeah. takes time. So yeah. 
changing that culture, if I see toxic things in that culture, mm. I'll address it several different ways. I'll address it as a group, mm. being real general. Hey, here's a new direction we're heading. And mm. I've noticed that like, we have a lot of adults standing in the back and, you know, this new season of ministry, we're going to sit on the floor with the student. And like, hey, if you have a back problem, let me know. I'll pull up a chair or whatever. Mm. I'll take all their excuses, but mm. I'm, I'm painting a picture of whatever it is. I'm making this up as, as a relational ministry. But then, so I'll address it as a group, but then I'm also going to address it individually. Mm. So I might pull you aside and listen that I'm so appreciative of oh, you. That's going to be a bad thing. Well, <laughs> like, no, it just, well, it just we're, 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 No, we're role-playing. We're role-playing, so it is a bad thing. Um, it's an average thing. But I might pull you aside and say, I'm so, so grateful um, that you're part of the youth ministry. But when, um, when you come in and all the leaders huddle and talk, it, it, um, it's distracting from what we want our adults to do. So I love it that you guys love each other. And so what I'd love to do is I'll even treat everybody. We're going to go to Carl's Jr. after youth group, but save all that talking for afterwards. So when you come in, I want you to hit the road. Like you're, you're looking for the students in your small group. You know what I mean? So I'm now doing this individually one-on-one. -on -one. I've done it collectively, but I also know that it's just going to take time. Like it's you know, changing culture. But as a leader, you want to spot that. You know, don't get don't get mad at the natives like the, you know missionaries. It would be like you got to learn that culture. You learn learn the culture of dysfunction. Learn the culture of miscommunication. Um, you may be a leader that has followed somebody that those volunteers have been there for a long time and there was never expectations on them before. And now you're coming in and establishing new expectations. But it just takes a while. That's good. That's good. That's really, really yeah. good. Yeah, I like that. I think, uh, and I was just thinking something that you're saying, uh, approaching that conversation I think can be hard for some people because they don't know how to do it. My old boss once said, you you, you sandwich it. So you do something nice, yeah. and then you do the hearty meat, and then you do something nice yeah. at the end. You, like, yeah. you say something, hey, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, yeah. this is the issue, but then, hey, let's go out to eat after And this. as long as it's sincere... You know, like if, if all you can think about is the hearty meat, the confrontation, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, uh, I don't know what to say. Like, no, you're like, here today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your shoes are white. Right. You know, yeah. then, yeah. you know, you've, you've taken it too far. So, for yeah. example, um, long, many years ago, um, after, after church, we would go out with all of our volunteers. And then as Kathy and I were driving home, um, we'd write on a napkin. And I would just list the volunteers and I would rate them A, B, or C. Mm. <laughs> and we would do this together, you know, my wife and I. And really, if anybody got an A, our job was to say, like, how do we, how do we continue to affirm them? Mm. Like, she's an A player. Like, I want to keep her an A. Mm. If they got a B, then, like, what do we need to do to help them become an A? And if they're a C, how do we move them into children's ministry? You know, or, you know something. Like, oh, yes. uh, but really, my job as a leader is to yeah. make sure nobody gets at that C, you know, C spot. But so as leaders, we have to constantly be evaluating leaders because if we just treat leadership as like, I need three Sunday school teachers, check, 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 and then I move on to the next yeah. task, I might have found those leaders, but I haven't developed yeah. them into leaders. And so you got to constantly be doing life with them. It goes full circle back to that modeling. Like mm -hmm. I may be called the youth pastor, but I'm really the pastor to my volunteers mm -hmm. who are the youth pastors. So I am the pastor to the youth pastors who are my volunteers. Well, as we're wrapping up, Doug, yep. what is the one thing that you would say to a young Christian leader? 
Ah, I can't. Do I have to limit it to one? One thing. Um, let me just say. <laughs> you, I, have, you have an open mind. I would, so. <laughs> say, I would say you need to get people in your life who will sniff out or call out any arrogance. Because mm. typically young leaders who are arrogant are insecure. Mm -hmm. So, but nobody's honest. You know, like in the church world, we, we rarely develop people. You know, I mean, I'm, I've gone most of my life without ever anybody critiquing my communication. So, you know, for a long time I spoke for a living, but nobody ever, co uh, my pastor one time said, your weddings are too long. Okay, that's about as much critique as I got. But my point is, you can be a leader in the church for many years and never get feedback. Mm -hmm. So I would say a young leader, align yourself with a truth teller, somebody who loves you, but will also kind of point out some areas of concern. Um, so you don't get stranded on an island too, too early. So, you know, people right out of Bible college or something, they want to get to their job and they go work at a church and the pastor or the search committee just hired them and left them alone, you know, take care of the youth and they go into their other things and then nobody develops them. So that's what I love about Thrive College, right? Like you are getting, you're getting developed, you're getting mentored, you're getting looked over people are having tough conversations with you they're watching you they're developing you so i would say to a young leader yeah. you know if you can't get into thrive college um <laughs> there you go get into thrive college that's your first there you, go. Yeah. you know, get around people who will you know who will care for you and help you in some of your that's insecurities okay. and your weaknesses and yeah. because you, you begin to develop skills that if nobody says anything to you, you all of a sudden you wake up and you're in your 40s and you're like oh i didn't know i wasn't supposed to be doing that mm. wow that's so, helpful. so I would say that's what a young leader. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess that was one thing. <laughs> that was one thing. That was one yes. really good thing. Okay, With, good. Yeah, stuff to back it up. It's so good. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dad, for taking the time to pour into us. Absolutely. And I know there are people listening to this in youth ministry and considering that pathway. They're going to be so encouraged and equipped. So everything that you've done with your life, thank you for coming on and Absolutely. just sharing with the listeners. Absolutely. Appreciate Thanks it. for asking great questions. Way to go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for joining us today on the Thrive College Podcast. We hope that today's episode has empowered you to navigate the challenges and the opportunities of your future and your faith. If you really enjoyed our conversation today and appreciated what we had to offer, we would love for you to write a five-star written review and share it with your friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.